0: You talk, we talked off air also about people who have the genetic propensity to be heavy.
1: Yeah, it's um, on both sides of my family. Um, uh, there's obesity and um, genetics are wonderful for some people. Some people, they're terrible. Um, <laughs> I have uh, a specific condition uh, which is specific to overweight Italian men. <laughs> I had both of those Italian and overweight, which caused iron deficiency, uh, which was causing me to be tired and stuff like that. So I went to uh, a specialist and did some testing and he was able to say, yeah, uh, based on your last name, I can tell that you're Italian. So this is, you know, what's caused that. Um, so there are different factors like that. I also said that I was uh borderline high blood pressure. I was borderline uh, diabetic uh, and I, face that on both sides of my family. So even if I wasn't overweight, that's something that I had to be mindful of because my, I had family genetics that predisposed me to those things. You know, you go to the doctor and they say, do you have a family history of cancer or this or that, or the other thing that's because if you have a family history of it, you're, predisposed to it. And if I'm predisposed to being overweight, I need to be mindful of the way that I eat. I need to be mindful because my genetics, you know, I, I joke with one of my friends, I say, why can't we have it easy? Like the people that can eat whatever they want and not have to work out. I have to work out five days a week, you know, to, to stay where I want to be. And, you know, sometimes I'm overcoming myself because I made poor food choices, but Also, even at this point, you know, my metabolism isn't what somebody else is. I had a friend growing up, I'll never forget it, and I share this all the time, who, you know, whenever we had big church events, we'd stay at their house, and his mom would always cook for an army of 15 to 20 people. And there was one Sunday where we were, she made us Belgian waffles. And I'm not talking like little, I'm talking like massive Belgian waffles. And I had, like, I smelled one and I gained five pounds, and he had like 10. And I'm just like, this isn't fair, you know? But his genetic makeup was different than mine. He also lived a different, and that's another thing that we have to keep in mind. You know, his lifestyle was different than mine. I was sedentary. You know, he was active. He was playing basketball and doing all those things. So, you know, I have a, a cousin who, the change that he made in his life was he started playing basketball. That's all it was. He didn't change the way that he ate. He started playing basketball, and then he, he lost a bunch of weight. You know, it he was being active. I, I could sit and eat the same diet that he was eating and not be active, and our results are going to be completely different.
0: So what you're saying is that merely because we have a genetic propensity to being overweight, that's not an excuse for for staying overweight.
1: No, we we all have different um, uh, behaviors that we're susceptible. We all have uh, different um, mindsets. We all have different things that you know. My addictive personality might be food. Somebody else, it might be shopping. There, there are different things that, you know, and that's where it comes to a point of understanding your triggers. If I know that stress is going to set me <laughs> off, you know, I've I've got to be mindful to try and avoid those things that are stressful. Sometimes it's hard. It's work or it's life. It's monetary. It's whatever it might be but it's learning how to deal with those triggers as well.
0: So it's to be aware of our addictive mind and aware of our genetic propensity uh, toward this. And then we can begin to make choices. And I think you mentioned something very very poignant, that going to a physician and getting yourself checked out.
1: Yeah, it's so important to... um, I, I would avoid the doctor unless I was sick you know, because I didn't want to hear that you need to lose some weight. Well, yeah, I needed to lose over a hundred pounds. You know, I, at this point I've lost over 200 pounds and I still, you know, could stand a little bit more, but I'm healthy for the first time. But, you know, understanding, you know, I, I got to a point where, uh, I didn't understand that that's what it was, but I was tired all the time. I was getting sleep, but I was always tired. And I worked for a company in South Florida that uh, worked with home sleep testing. And, you know, I was at... And so when you're overweight and you have sleep apnea, uh, and if you're pre-diabetic or diabetic, when you have sleep apnea, because of the way that your body reacts and it's oxygen deprived and different things like that, it then sets off all these other things in your body. So you have low blood sugar. Uh, and then I was having like a vitamin water in the morning and I was, I was out like I would, I literally fell asleep at my desk at work. And you know, my, one of my bosses says, well, why don't you take a home sleep test? So they sent me home with a home sleep test and sure enough, I had sleep apnea. Um, and I justified it because it wasn't like sleep apnea, it was sleep hypopneas, which is is the same thing. It was just wasn't as severe. But then they set me up with a CPAP machine, which totally changed my life. And I wore it all the way up until I had surgery and had lost enough weight to no longer need it. But, you know, there are so many different things that we can write off to being whatever, but it could be a, a much greater issue. It, you know, if you, if you're hypertensive, if you have blood sugar issues, I mean, it affects Every aspect of your life. And if you're not careful, you know, you're cutting years off of your life. So,
0: for some people out there, perhaps, oh, gee, well, Andrew did this. I'll just go have uh, gastric bypass surgery. <laughs> or perhaps I'll have liposuction. I, then you know, I can just do whatever I want to. If I gain some weight, I'll just go have it done again. Uh, that's not the way it works. Could you explain that, uh, Andrew?
1: Absolutely. Um, It it keeps coming back to that lifestyle change. Uh, My dad had a similar procedure. He had gastric bypass. Um, It's been... Uh, 16 and a half years now. And I looked into surgery for a number of years. I remember the specific moment, even though I saw what my dad did, it completely changed his life. He became a marathon runner, uh, did half marathons, 5Ks, traveled all over the country, went to San Diego, Washington, DC, and different places doing races. Um, I saw the changes that it, it made for him, but I had a friend that was closer to my age who had a similar procedure. And we got together one day at Starbucks and Talked for almost an hour and a half, and I decided, this is it. I'm going to have this surgery. Went to the seminar, talked to the surgeon. He said, this is the type of procedure I would suggest for you. Called insurance, and they didn't cover it. So I looked into it for five years with different insurances, and they never covered it. Uh, And before I could have surgery, I actually had somebody uh, randomly text me and say, you're going to start walking a mile a day, seven days a week. At that point, I was in between jobs. I was completely sedentary. I was almost at my biggest weight ever. I hit over 400 pounds at one point. And I was living in the basement for the most part. And I said, I am? He said, yeah, you are. And that first mile took close to two hours. And I'll never forget it because there I was. I I would get so far and I was out of breath. And I was sweating. And I had to sit down. And so I sat down multiple times and there was one point I was sitting down and this woman drove past and she says, Oh, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm fine. She went to the store. She came back a few minutes later and she says, are you sure you don't need me to call somebody for you? And I just said, I'm fine. I slammed my hands on my, on my thighs, got up and, you know, ran the rest of, well, walked the rest of the way home, but it started a progress, a process there. And it, Took a little bit less time the next time and the next time. And then, okay, I'm going to walk a mile and a quarter. And then, you know, I got challenged. Okay, today you're going to do a 5K, which is 3.11 miles. And I was doing one and a half. I'm like, you're nuts. A lot of times we don't realize what we're capable of. We get into this mindset of I can't, I can't, I can't until we push ourselves and we learn that we can do more. And then from there it was, okay, you're going to cut out pop. Now you're going to cut out, you know, fast food. And at that point I was living... Uh, 45 minutes from work and fast food was a huge part of my diet. And I was like, I can't do that. But then I learned to meal prep and I learned to make those changes. Y- you can have surgery and it just on sheer science alone, because you can consume less, you're going to lose weight. But if you continue to eat the way that you ate before, it's only going to be for a short period of time. You have to make lifestyle changes. You have to change the way that you you interact with with food and things like that and make necessary changes to allow yourself to succeed. So I lost 60 pounds naturally. And then I found myself out of work because my position was downsized. I was looking to move. I was looking for work. You know, I was looking for all these different to make all these different changes. Well, lost my job, not finding work. So you eat, you, you know, you, you, Stay sedentary. I'm not walking anymore. I'm not working out. I'm not doing any of those things. Then I got a job here and I moved. And then you're on the go and you're finding your bearings. And so I made more poor choices and I ate fast food and all those things. And I gained back almost everything that I lost, I lost 60 pounds. I think I gained back 54 of it and I gained back differently. My stomach grew back different. And that was a huge factor even in after having surgery. But then they tell you after surgery that you need to walk a mile a day every day to, you know, help with the weight loss and help with recovery of surgery. Well, Within a week and a half, I was already walking two and a half miles because I had already built up this way of life. And I had worked with a personal trainer, so I had a little bit of knowledge. But then I had to go forward. you know. So for the first six months, all I did was cardio. And then I met with uh, another friend of the show. Uh, she's now known by Lady Frost, a friend with the, the Sorgs. Um, And I met with her and she helped me get back into weight training, which was another phase of it. And so I had little pieces here and there, but then that wasn't enough. Then I had to start doing research. Okay, well, I want, you know, my body to look like this. I want this to change. I want to do this. And so I started doing research. I would look at multiple articles and say, okay, these seven articles, these three things are the key things that work. Then I would look up YouTube videos for technique, and then you know I would talk to my friends or i 'd see what other people at the gym were doing were successful, and I would take those things and make them a part of my routine and Even within the last two months here I have uh, uh, there 's a personal trainer that I follow on social media but Over the last few years, I've used him for technique. Well, then I started seeing he had different videos that had the results that I want now. And so even within the last two months, making little changes to my routine, I've seen huge results. But if I were to have stayed where I was and thought, okay, well, I had a quick fix. I had surgery. I'm good. And stayed where I was and stayed eating the same way that I was. It's very simple. And that's where you have people that say, well, don't gain back like so-and-so. They lost all this weight and then they gained it back. If you don't change your lifestyle, you're going to stay where you were. When
0: nothing changes, nothing changes. So what you're saying that rather than wishing and hoping or waiting for something to happen, you took the action and effort and bought the ticket. Uh, So when people say, oh, gee, I think I'll go have gastric bypass surgery, it's not like walking in and buying a pair of pants. Uh, Could you tell us a little bit about the procedure, the qualifications that it takes to go through?
1: Sure. So I had what's called uh, the vertical gastric sleeve uh, gastrectomy. And um, so what that surgery is, is they go in laparoscopically and they remove a portion of your stomach and they take it from the size of a football to the size of a banana and it's about four ounces, and then they remove the rest through one of the the holes that's created through the laparoscopic procedure. Um, But before you can even do that, uh, there are different protocol for insurance purposes, and then even to make sure that you're a a, a candidate. And so uh, I already had sleep apnea, but one of the things that you have to do, because I was sleeping with a CPAP, I didn't need to do it. You have to do a home sleep test. You have to do a... um, Uh, endoscopy. So they go and make sure that everything is good, that it's something that they're able to do. They, um, do a, a regular physical, they do blood work to make sure that things are where they need to be. And one of the most important parts is they have you go for a psych evaluation.
0: Tell me, tell us about that. Share that with our listeners.
1: So the psych evaluation, um, I, I know that it's different for everybody that does it, depending on what their insurance covers, who they go and see, uh, mine ended up being two parts. I had to go two days uh, back to back. And the first part I went and just met with um, a psychiatrist and uh, she asked questions. She, you know, they're gauging to see if you are going to be able to overcome uh, not only the food aspect of it, but if you're mentally prepared to make those changes. And then I was sent home with, uh, I think like a hundred question or 120 question uh test which shows how you interact and react to different things which allows them to know what type of personality you have if you know if there's more that needs to be done because I know some people that have that mindset I'm going to go have this surgery and it's going to change everything and that's not the case the it's it's 98% mental you know every, every aspect of it is mental you know it completely Total transparency. There was a point where, you know, I talked about, you know, the um, grazing throughout the day. Well, a part of this procedure is you're supposed to chew so many times. It, and I've gotten away from that the further out you get. But in the beginning, they tell you every bite to chew 30, 30 times. That your food should be the consistency of applesauce. Well, if you drink, uh, uh, they tell you not to drink within 30 minutes before and after you eat. The after portion is so important because if you, drink right after you eat, it flushes out your system. So you don't get any of the nutrients and you just spent all this time chewing, chewing, chewing. You've got a poor jaw that's painful and then you've washed all those nutrients out. Well, I got to a point where I said, well, okay, well, I'm going to have a little snack and then I'm going to drink and, and wash it away. <laughs> you still get the calories, you still get all the But it, it, it's understanding and making conscious changes. I had to get away from that and realize and not only one, it's painful because your stomach is so small and you're, you're flushing that through, but it was again, that mental aspect of it, you know, it's, what's okay because I'm, it doesn't hurt or, you know, it, it's okay, you know, for X, Y, Z. And, you know, it's a, a constant realization that, you know, I do have a problem. You know, I, I didn't get here overnight. You don't get to 400 pounds without having some sort of issues and some things that you need to work out. And so it's it's a constant day by day. You know, I, I have friends that are further out from the procedure than I am. I have friends that uh, are, you know, have had it, you know, within the last six months or so. And the people that make the mental changes reap greater rewards.
0: As you go through this procedure, Andrew, I hear you changing the script inside of your head and the way that you began to develop a mind of awareness and knowledge through all these things that you did and actually being able to talk to yourself like you'd talk to a friend, to be your own coach, to be your own cheerleader, uh, to hold yourself to a standard and also to become your own therapist.
1: It And it's hard sometimes to look in the mirror and say, what are you doing? And uh, I have friends that hold me accountable, you know, where we're all struggling the same way. You know, when it's, it's one thing to um, be healthy. It's another thing to have been obese or morbidly obese and to make a conscious decision to become healthy. Um, And so I have those friends that have been on the other side. And so they understand, you know, so when you, struggle with food or when you struggle with whatever it might be, you know, we're right now, there's three of us that are all going through the same thing. So we hold each other accountable. And, you know, it might be a a message, Hey, you know, I, I'm about to eat this, you know, I'm about to, you know, do whatever, or I had a really bad day, you know, I'm going to do better tomorrow by holding each other accountable. You know, not only do I have to then answer to myself, but then I have to answer to my friends. And, you know, so we're trying to reach whatever our goals are. My one friend, she just had a baby. And so she went through the whole mental aspect of it, of this whole time trying to lose. And then, okay, now I'm growing a baby inside of me. So I've got to eat for the baby. But then part of that was she then took back some of those unhealthy characteristics and behaviors from before and justified it Mm. with, well, I'm growing a baby. And so, and there are so many different things that we can do. So like, even for me, you know, my whole life, my whole goal has been to lose, 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 lose. And, you know, I still am a slave to the scale, but the number doesn't really mean anything anymore as much as I, as I focus on it. It's now, understanding that it's more about the way that I look and the way that I feel. Ah. And that's a hard transition too. If I could, I would throw the scale out, but it's also a point of accountability. Um, But it's making a conscious daily effort. It comes back to, I failed, I'm going to do better. You know, because you can derail yourself by 10 o'clock in the morning and decide, I'm going to have, I'm going to give in for the whole rest of the day. Or you could say, okay, it's 10 o'clock, I still have... Another 10 hours before I'm going to bed or 12 hours before I'm going to bed, I can make it better.
0: Well, we often talk about people that have the ability to hit the reset button. Uh, we often talk about when a, your phone gets a little funky or your computer uh, malfunctions. The printer just isn't quite right. It's a little clunky and cloggy. Uh, what does the tech generally say before attempting any type of a fix? What do they generally say?
1: Have you restarted your computer? (laughs) (laughs) I I worked in tech support and I said that all the time. (laughs) Yes.
0: So what we, what we help people do is to understand that they can reboot at any time during the day, even if they have to do it 50 times.
1: Yeah. And there are days where it's a hundred times, whether that's food, whether that's the way that you're feeling, whether it's focusing on the negative, there's so much that we have to reset throughout the day. And if you choose to go, I love to the, the way they say that
0: word, I choose.
1: If you choose to go to the end of the day without resetting or the end of the week, you can put yourself in a really hard place. And sometimes a week turns into a month, turns into a year. We get into the situations that we're in by allowing ourselves to make continually poor choices and not dealing with it. And again, I didn't get to 400 pounds overnight. I'm also not going to lose weight overnight. I'm not going to overcome all the different... Triggers and all the different coping mechanisms and all those things overnight because if I could, I wouldn't have gotten to where I was.
0: Please check out our website at fishingwithoutbait.com where you can listen to the show, comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of fishing without bait, click the shop icon on our website. They have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.